and November feel-good factor through to Christmas. Welcome to the Principality Welsh Rugby Union podcast. Crusaders assistants Brad Moore will take over the Scarlets next year. Could that be because of a Hadley Park's wedding table plan? First met him actually uh, at Hadley's wedding. Funnily enough, we were put at the same table. I'm not sure if uh, Edley was on anything there. But... Gareth Williams takes charge of Wales under-20s with the aim of joining up all the parts of the player pathway. We are working very closely together across all the programmes and hopefully that comes to fruition in years and it's the main thing that it benefits the players. Our Wales women are buoyed by the contribution the new regional competition can make at international level. Having an opportunity to actually play with some of the girls, but also see who your competition is like in other regions, like makes you up your game, knowing that there's that opportunity to join the international squad at the end. Centralissia McComish came into the squad for November, partly as a result of the new system. More on the women later, more in the 20s as well, but we'll start with a new appointment of Crusaders assistant Brad Moore at the Scarlets to succeed Wales-bound Wayne Pivak. So how does the current coach know the new one? Yeah, I know Brad quite well. He's um, I first met him actually uh, at Hadley's wedding. Funnily enough, we were put at the same table. I'm not sure if uh, Hadley was on anything there, but look, he's coming out of the Crusaders, which is the best franchise in Super Rugby, have been consistently over the years. They do a lot of very, very good things there. Clearly, uh, they've got a winning environment. Ticks a lot of boxes. You know, he's working with All Blacks day in, day out. Players coming and going, very similar to what we have to deal with here with international players. So. I think he ticks a lot of the boxes for the club and um, I think he'll do a very good job. Personality-wise, he'll fit in really, really well knowing the bunch that we have and knowing Brad. So I think it's a very uh, astute selection. What are his strengths as a coach and how do you think he'll cope with the step up from assistant to number one then? Yeah, well, this is not his first time as a head coach, you know, he's had other head coach roles and he's a very experienced assistant coach, so he's been under some experienced head coaches, so I don't think that's an issue for him. He's very astute technically and tactically, background as a 10, so rugby conversations that he's had with our coaching group um, have been very, very good ones. Uh, Similar thinking in terms of the way we play the game, attack focused, and I think, um, you know, he'll slip in here. He's a smart bloke. He'll look at things. He won't rush things. He'll come in and uh, eventually, though, put his stamp on it and uh, do things the way he wants to operate. But I think everything, the information that we're sharing so far is very, very positive. And given that appointment and uh, Stephen Jones talking at the weekend about uh, potential opportunities with Wales, is there any reason for us not to assume that Stephen Jones will be uh, going with you down the road? He may have been talking to Gareth Williams with the Tweedies. I'm not sure. What about uh, that decision then? Can you tell us anything about the time scale on it? I can't give a straight face, can I? <laughs> <laughs> no, look, um, we're down the track in terms of what I want to do with the assistant coaches and we're just revising uh, when we may finalise that and then um, make that public. So uh, we're not too far away, I don't think. And what's the mixture you'll be looking for there of expertise from here and maybe elsewhere? Oh, it's getting what I believe is, is the best mix to do the job that we want to do with Wales. Back to business here then. What sort of areas of the game do you need to improve on from the Glasgow performance then? Oh, how long have we got? Let's just sum it up and say that in attack and defence we weren't happy. Set piece we weren't happy, clearly. So, yeah, that's it really. That's the game from A to Z. We were not happy. Um, some individuals went okay. It wasn't complete disaster. You know, we were on the wrong end of the, the referee for the first time this year, you know, averaging seven penalties a game to 17. Everything that could go wrong went wrong. We've looked at it, 
for hours and hours as a coaching group over the weekend. Sat down with the team yesterday, as I say, as units, as a team, and then with individuals that needed to have some things pointed out to them. So from our point of view, we've been very thorough in the short amount of time you have to turn it around, but we'd like to think that there will be a response, as you'd expect from, from any team when they play below the standards that they set for themselves. So this group's no different, and you know they're eager, as I say, to get back out there and put in a solid performance. And Ulster's opponents, obviously a sort of version of Ulster here recently, but uh, their performance against Cardiff Blues, they only just got home there at, at home. How are they going at the moment? I don't think that game counts for a lot. I think there are new players coming in in both squads, uh, so you've got to gel those players back in, and that's a job for both management groups. Look, I think preparation is a big thing. So far this week, we've started that preparation well by being hard on ourselves in a review. We go Friday, so because it is knockout rugby, as far as we're concerned, um, there is only one result that keeps us alive. So, you know, that builds a bit of pressure within the camp, and it's how we respond. It's obviously a feel-good factor at the end of the November internationals. Warren said then it's up to the regions to keep that going. Is there a bit of extra pressure on you as the sort of major flag bearers in Europe? No, look, you know, we're on two different courses, aren't we? Warren's preparing for a World Cup and we're preparing for this Friday night. Clearly everything we do is to get the best performance out of the individuals and and collectively get them together as a group and get that performance. And uh, Warren benefits from that, or any national team does. So yeah, we understand the role that we play and that is to get results for the club, but also to promote these players and get them in the best shape possible for Wales. And that's what we're about and we'll continue to do that. So nothing changes. We know our role in rugby in Wales and we'll keep working hard to achieve that both in results and preparing the players for the next level. Some interesting comments there. So let's hear more about that wedding planning. Was there more to it than just getting a good occasion? Well, Brad and I go back uh, quite a long way. He was my um, club coach down in Christchurch. So when I first went down there for university. So I've known him since about 18, 19. And uh, then he was my first agent when he was a partner in a law firm. And then he obviously changed from, well, chased his dream of wanting to become a coach. And so and that's why he was no longer my agent. But um, yeah, so we've just been in touch. Well, we've been good mates for a long time. Was it uh, with an eye on the future that you did uh, stick them on the same table at your wedding? <laughs> no, no, not at all. Look, um, that's just a complete coincidence. Look, I thought... Uh, you know, he's been going extremely well at the Crusaders and, and I think, um, you know, good on him for wanting to, you know, do something a bit different with his uh, young family and, and lovely wife. So how do you think he'll uh, adapt to life over here then? I think he'll enjoy it, he'll take it in his stride. He's a good man. He'll bring something a bit different to the club as well and I think the boys will really like him. It's quite exciting. What are his uh, qualities as a coach then? Well, he's a very smart individual. He actually came over earlier this season, met with the coaches before he played Bath in the pre-season. He was over for a wedding, and so then uh, everything that the coaches said afterwards was like, you know, he just sounds like he's a very smart individual, you know, knows the game well, he relates well to the boys, he was a, played a, to a certain level himself within New Zealand. He's just a good family man, and he'll really um, just be, be good for the club. Sounds as if he's coming over soon, that he's making the effort to make the uh, transition as smooth as possible. Yeah, I think so. He's coming over to see the lay of the land and have a catch-up and see how things are run here at the moment yeah it's exciting and it will be good for the club that's the future what about the uh, the present this week against Ulster you're one of the players who had a, 
a little and well-deserved rest, no doubt, um, before this game. A few problems in the performance last weekend that Wayne was talking about to, to put right with uh, as a group. Very much so. Look, I, it was disappointing, but we all know that. Um, we had a pretty uh, in-depth conversation yesterday and a pretty in-depth meeting. But the boys know that, and so it's, uh, it's a big opportunity this weekend. You know, it's a big, you know, probably seven weeks over the next period and it is knockout rugby for us now in this competition so um, we want to go out there and put a performance in that we can be proud of but not only us, the fans can be proud of. What are you expecting Ulster to bring to the party here then? I think they're going to be a very physical side, you know, they've come over a couple of weeks ago, we're going to know each other pretty well over the next two weekends so they've got a few players coming back in, they'll be physical, they'll be rearing to go, again they want to go through into the final you know, knockout stages of this competition as well and they've had a bit of a better start to it than us so I think um, they'll be coming over and, and wanting to put in a performance that um, was a bit better than what they did two weeks ago. And you alluded to knockout rugby, you were in this situation in Europe last year having lost the first two games, what sort of mindset do you need to approach the games then? I think uh, over the last couple of years sometimes when we had our backs up against the wall we played some of our better rugby. Hopefully if we just go out there and and play, you know, the style and brand that we want to play and, and things, you know, sometimes you need to bounce the ball to go your way just every now and then. And if that happens, then, um, yeah, hopefully there's no reason why we can't um, get the W on the weekend. And that Crusaders philosophy that you've got there is similar, isn't it, to what the Scarlet's like? Yeah, they're playing a pretty good brand of rugby down there at the moment, aren't they? And I think um, he's probably had a, well, has had a big influence on that. So I think the brand of rugby will probably be similar to what we're trying to play at the moment. He, he, He'll still want to play that attacking brand that Scarlett's probably known for, but um, he'll come in with his own little touches and his own little changes that, um, that he would like to see happen. Which is good to hear, but what does the current captain, Ken Owens, make of the appointment? No, he's coming from good pedigree and I'm sure he'll be a astute sign then, so we'll get on to that next year. Now once he, is, uh, he comes in for pre-season, just uh, by the sounds we've got a really good guy. You know, a lot of experience and uh, he's coming from a really good environment so hopefully he'll add a lot to our environment here. Yeah. What's happening in the Scarlet's camp this week in terms of uh, hoping to uh, kickstart Europe again? Yeah, you know, obviously disappointed with how Europe started. Two games we could have won but didn't win and you know, not getting a bonus point up in Leicester was, was disappointing as well and, and not ideal so we know the challenge we got this weekend against Ulster and uh, you know we've, we're gonna have to do the hard way again. And obviously disappointed with how uh, the game against Glasgow went. We'd like to have gone in with a bit of momentum, but for us now it's about uh, parking that game. And uh, you know we're back out out at home in Europe, and it's, um, it's it's a cup final for us. You did it the hard way, as you put it uh, last year. What can you take from that experience? Well, we done it the real hard way last year. Not make it as hard work as we did against Treviso um, on Friday night, but. We've just spoken all week, it's a must-win game, it's, it's cup final, we, we either win and give ourselves a sniff uh, over the next uh, three rounds uh, to come or you know, without Europe, simple as, so it's do or die. We know how tough it's going to be, they've got a lot of experience, a couple of X-Factor players out wide and um, we need to turn up. Yeah, uh, Stockdale notably, I guess you're talking about that. Yeah. With ball in hand, you know, he's a dangerous runner, he can create something from nothing, you know, his, his interception reads, uh, you know, are probably the best in the world, as we've seen at national level and regional re- uh, level, so he's in uh, try-scoring form and uh, we, we have to be wary of the threats he can, he can pose. 
and uh, your direct opponent, Rory Best, I guess you've played against him dozens of times <laughs> now in various shirts over the years. Yeah, you know, Rory's a great player. He's, you know, we know what he brings with his leadership and obviously his contact area work is a massive strength of his and obviously galvanises our front row and our, and our pack, uh, you know, with a set, with a set piece play as well. So, is it, you know, it's always... Uh, a tough game to play against him and one I always enjoy because you know we, it is going to be a battle. This time last year, similar <coughs> position, you were facing Treviso probably mm. needing 10 points, you're now facing Ulster in the same sort of situation. Is that a very different proposition? Yeah, of course it is. Um, Treviso are a very good side. They are improving all the time but you, you'd probably say that Ulster are a little bit stronger than them and, and have pedigree in Europe. And So we, we know how tough it's going to be. We played them twice already this season you know we lost out there start of the year and got a good win a fortnight ago which will give us a little bit of confidence uh, obviously we know what they'll bring us aside obviously a very good November at the end of it Warren was talking about the players going back and you know, getting results with their regions building on that November as someone who was such a key part of that does that help your confidence is that a factor that comes into it being involved in a winning environment with, with Wales you like to bring that confidence and that momentum. Obviously, it wasn't ideal last weekend, not getting the result up in Glasgow, but it's about picking ourselves up and you know, and just being confident in what we do. That's from Welsh point of view. We be we have been confident in our ability of building that momentum and some of our performances. You know, could have been better during the autumn. You beating Australia nine six, but at the end of the day, we won, and it's and it's about winning. And that's what rugby is. I think, from the Scars' point of view, we we play our best when backs against the wall at times, and I'm just finding them like I said, ways to win. I'm sure, we can do it, and hopefully build that confidence, that momentum, and get it back to where it where it has been. So the Scarlets of that must-win game against Ulster, the Blues face Saracens away, while in the Challenge Cup, the Ospreys entertain Stade Francais. The Dragons go to Northampton, and then Claremont on the back of a disappointing home defeat to Leinster. Here's the reaction of captain Richard Hibbard. I think we let ourselves down out there today. We had the worst possible start. And it's not down to them. They are a good team, but we know Leinster, you give them possession, they, they're clinical as. And we just give them that. We give them a hell of a start. From last week, we were chalk and cheese. I thought last week we, we were great at the chop, we were great at the tops, and we really put it out there. But this week, we just, we didn't have it. We'll review and see what happened. How difficult is it to uh, keep going as, as captain in a game like that? Oh, it is difficult. It's trying to keep the positives going. It, it, it's tough. Oh, you just got to keep going. You keep that team going, keep their heads up. Even with a scoreline like that, it is lessons we can learn and take from it, which is, which is really important. Defence uh, coach went a couple of weeks ago. Was defence a particular problem out there tonight, do you think? They seem to score horribly easily, really, from the home supporters' point of view. I think the system's OK. I think it is individual errors. Uh, it's always going to have that with a new system. It will take time. We seemed to get it right last week, and then this week uh, we seem to come away a little bit from it. How difficult will it be to uh, turn things around now against uh, a couple of uh, European matches away from home, Northampton and Clermont? <laughs> uh, well, the challenge doesn't get much bigger, does it? We go to Northampton and uh, Clermont, so I think it's great. I think it's, it's straight back on that horse. I think uh, I think exactly what the boys need. I think you get a, a drumming like that at home. It hurts your pride. If it doesn't hurt your pride, you you shouldn't be on the park. So, no better chance to go out there now next week against Northampton in their place and show some heart and show some real pride.
because this Dragon squad, the Fords in particular, it looks as good on paper as the region's had really in 15 years or so. Exactly, you look at the two team sheets before the game and we were still underdog somehow and, and the performance, it, it, uh, it showed that in the end, but we got to pull ourselves together, we dust ourselves off after that. That win, uh, that certainly win us, uh, and it does hurt. So now onto the Wales pathway and some joined up thinking following the appointment of Gareth Williams as head coach, combined with his role developing players after they leave the 20s. He's also been spending time with the senior squad, not just in a coaching role last year, but also through the November period. A chance to catch up with him after Wales training to find out more about that 20s role. The big task is developing players. We're ambitious as a squad with regards to the Six Nations and the World Cup, but that's all part of where these player plans are. We're working in conjunction with the regions on and making sure we can optimise that through the 20s and at the same time working with the SEMS programmes and the 18s programme, pushing boys through to that 20s. And you know, That's the big thing, is creating depth in Welsh rugby and 20s plays a big part in that. We're ambitious as a squad within the season that we're, uh, that we're building up to. And combined with the transitional role that you've got as well. So it makes sense in many ways, does it, I suppose? You're looking at it with an overview. Yeah, there's quite a lot of crossover, really, with boys. And I've noticed this year, in that new role as transition player, head coach, I'm starting relationships with boys where now, with, with the majority of boys going through the 20s programmes and then into the senior regional environments, that relationship will be up and running and hopefully we can make that more positive then moving forward. How does it compare with the uh, seventh row? Obviously, the game itself, you know, that's fascinating. And, you know, I, I had good exposure with the national squad in, on the tour to Samoa and where we played Tonga last summer. But, yeah, it's the numbers on the park, the numbers in the squad. And, yeah, I'm excited by it. The role of head coaching is pretty much very, very similar. I've, it's a challenge for me working with more coaches and coaches who specialise, you know, from a forwards point of view, an attack point of view, a defence point of view. And that's another development for me, which, you know, that's exciting as well. Looking at Garrett Lewis and Chris Horsman and they take the 18s and involve in the 20s, yourself in charge of the 20s and involved with what happens to them since, yeah. it's looking unusually joined up. <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't say that at this moment. Yeah, and There's always that word aligned which I find fascinating and hopefully that's where we do take it. And, you know, Geraint and Horse, their experience over the past few years is, you know, that's invaluable to us as well with the 20s programme uh, as it sits now and they know the players who are coming through the pathway. So, yeah, hopefully we are getting to a position of where we are working very closely together across all the programmes and hopefully that comes to fruition in years and it's the main thing that it benefits the players. And in terms of the 20s, how do you look at that? The thinking in recent years has been Six Nations has been development, let people work with the regions as well. Junior World Championship, that's the target. Yeah, we, we want to put Wales on the mark as well and you know the programme allows us to do that and we want to create as much competition within Welsh rugby but also within the 20 squad. You know, We had a camp which it's only a selection camp more than anything and we want to really increase that competition. We select the Six Nations squad mid-January and I want boys feeling that they've really achieved something getting there. But the boys who miss out are still in contention for the World Cup then the following summer. So it is about increasing competition and using the avenues to put Welsh rugby on the map as well. And you know, as a development programme, we've got that opportunity with the Six Nations and with the World Cup. 
You're involved with Wales throughout the month. You obviously had that role in the summer as well. How important is that in terms of just knitting everything together? It's good from my point of view. Um, the boys are fantastic and they're very open from my point of view with them getting time, hands-on with the boys and just helping really as much as the coaching staff who are very experienced want really. But I'm getting a fantastic insight working with the senior players as well and it's good to get a perception on where they see young players coming through at the moment in the pathway and how we can encourage young players to work with these older players when they get into regional squads and when they're in and around those environments and those senior players are a fantastic resource for young players that we're working to develop and we've got to make use of that and young players have to take advantage of that yes they want to be challenging them for their positions but take advantage of the experiences that they have gathered over the years it's also that continuity if you're closely involved in in this you're going to be preparing players to come and be ready for this yeah yeah definite and you know it's it's fantastic seeing the extra individual work that goes on at the end and that's driven by these very experienced players but it's good to feedback but we've also got to get the young players to a level where they're conditioned to be able to do so much extra you know, from a kicking point of view we need preparing players from 16 all the way through so when they get to this level they, they do stay out and you know they've got the physical ability to stay out there for another hour to practice the kicking which could be the difference come a weekend Wales women had a pretty good November series, victories over South Africa and Hong Kong, a good performance against Canada. One of the new faces was Alicia McComish in midfield. There was a chance to find out more after the Canada game. As a new player coming like completely into the squad, it's just been a fantastic like opportunity, like meeting all the new players that have been in before and also all the new players coming in. And we've had that opportunity to bond, learn new processes and really come together as an established like Welsh team. Playing Canada's mainly a, a step up, one of the best sides in the world. And Definitely. Six five minutes, 21-17, it was a really good performance, wasn't it? Yeah, it was it's so, so close. Like the physicality was a match for both sides and everyone had the passion, everyone wanted it. Like, it was great. When you were watching the forwards of both sides uh, just sort of barging it up. Yeah, it was battle of the forwards, <laughs> definitely. Yeah, we're just waiting for that mistake to happen. What's it been like coming off the back of the regional programme? Everybody's been together, playing with and against each other. And for the likes of yourself, maybe that's a bit of a platform to make the breakthrough to international level, was it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so I play for Dragons, like personally. So having that opportunity to actually play with some of the girls, but also see who your competition is, like in other regions, like makes you up your game. Knowing that there's that opportunity to join the international squad at the end, and of everybody in the Wales squad involved as well. That's going to up yeah. the standard. Yeah, exactly. Having everybody involved, everyone's going to get better. So really, like building upon like the talent that is in Wales, stays in Wales, and then you have that opportunity to go to international. What's there a feeling on the pitch that this is a step up? We're handling this out there. Yeah, definitely. And we- we felt that we were up there. We truly felt that like everyone in that change room this morning, like with all those weeks, all those training sessions leading up to it, that we deserve to be here. We can beat Canada. And it was just gonna who's gonna turn up on day, who can play for those full 80 minutes. And like you said, like when we got to the 65th minute, it was still so close, it's 21-17. And we do believe that we can deserve to be there and we're gonna just build upon that and we will get there. I thought a lot of the skills that yeah, the length of passing, the yeah. skill in the offload, some of the catching, lots of little areas where maybe 15-20% better than before is that a fair assessment do you think? Yeah definitely fair assessment uh, we've been working hard before and after training the intensity in training has been right up there and we train how we play now and everyone's working on those little one percenters that's going to improve our game So what happens now? What happens now so we go back we go back to training we still continue that intensity and just everything leading up to the Six Nations And what do you go back to outside of rugby? So I'm a PE teacher in London mm-hmm. and then I also go back to my club that's in London 
play for Richmond. So the travel for you is obviously a, a massive <laughs> commitment. Yeah, so I'm one of the few commuters, like in the in the squad. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky me. So we travel down that three, four hours, like before a training session, train, then go back a couple of times a week. But it's worth it for this opportunity, no doubt. And then even so. to come back and play in the regional matches again, that's yeah, a massive exactly. commitment for you yeah. as well. Yeah, but you want to be there, you want to build upon what we've already got and no one just wants to turn up and play. You want to show that you can work towards it, improve yourself and improve the team as a whole. So you go back to Richmond for the next couple of months, but then yep. January again, the Wales uh, January. squad stuff starts off again. So you'll yeah, be back definitely. on the M4. Back on the M4, just listening to my podcast. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> yeah. enjoy the roadworks on the way. The, <laughs> yeah, the 50 miles per hour zones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, great. Good luck Cheers. with it. Oh, Thank you. There was plenty for the coaches to take into the Six Nations campaign. Johan Dyer spoke to backs coach Gareth Wyatt. Yeah, it's obviously disappointing with the result, but a huge amount of respect and pride, really, in the way the girls fronted up against one of the best teams in the world. I mean, for 65 minutes, we were certainly in the game, and it was fine margins. And, you know, in the end, to be fair to Canada, they showed why they were one of the best teams out there. They were clinical and put the points on the board, but we've certainly shown massive improvements during this autumn period, fitness levels, skills levels, and the belief amongst these girls now and excitement about you know where they can actually go and build in for the future. There was a match between both teams for the vast majority of the game. Then what was the difference? Then was it the fact that Canada, you know, they took the chances when they were presented to them? Yeah, I don't think we can underestimate probably the, the effort of the first half and the first twenty, the second took out of our girls. You know, it's where we're at really as a squad. Canada, of course, are conditioned to play in these high intense physical games. You know, so it was going to new ground really with this group of players with us today and you know, we know they just showed us at this level, you know, how clinical you need to be in that final uh, third of the game. I guess you take you can take a lot of positives from this campaign, the Autumn Internationals, several new faces and several new players have put their hand up for future contention. Yeah, absolutely. Um it is exciting times. Uh, there's a lot of good young girls coming through. And what complements that is, you know, the players like Sean Ed Harris, Caris Phillips, you know, and others who are helping to, you know, lead the way. And these youngsters are just following. I mean, you know, Manon and Lauren have been outstanding throughout the autumn, 17-year-old girls. So, you know, over the next few years, I'm sure there'll be a couple more of them coming through and it's just going to add depth and strength to the squad. And what have you learned then uh, as uh, somebody starting on the journey in terms of uh, international coaching? I'm learning all the time to be honest with you. you know, one thing for sure, probably 12 months ago I wasn't aware of um, the quality of players we had in Wales and certainly it's exciting uh, thing to be part of. We just need to make sure as a nation now, as we have during the autumn, you know, everyone's got behind the girls and um, like we just said to them now, you know, Wales certainly now know that they've got a women's side to be proud of. If that was our main goal coming into it, obviously we want to win the games, we certainly achieved that. So that's it for this week's Principality Welsh Rugby Union podcast. Remember Judgment Day tickets for Christmas, perhaps. Plenty more to look forward to next week, but until then, goodbye.